Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Good to be back home, and uh, I was going to give you a little bit of a recap of our trip and a few other things um, uh, that, that went on. And, and some things, you know, when, you're, when you go on these trips... Uh, like this, uh, at least for me, and when I go, I've gone with Rich now uh, to uh, Europe, um, some different places in Europe numerous times. And every time I'm there, the Lord talks to me about stuff, not just for there, but for here. And um, um, it, was a, it was a wonderful trip. So I want to share a few things with that. I'll give you a little bit of a, uh, a rundown. Uh, left last uh, Monday on the 7th, left early in the morning, got back Thursday night. And uh, like I said, it was a good time, 10, 11 days away from home, but uh, a lot of things were accomplished. By the way, Rich and Daphne send their greetings, and uh, uh, they love you all very much. You know, our church and his home church are their two biggest supporters, and uh, they're really grateful for our uh, financial support, but also your prayers and your, your friendship that, that, that we've offered them, and so they're grateful for that. But uh, they said hello. Like I said, it was a, it was a great trip. A lot was accomplished. Um, we did a lot of driving, though. Uh, we drove over 1,100 miles, almost 1,200 miles in the course of those days. We, we stayed in a different city almost every night. One place we stayed two nights, but a lot of packing up and moving, moving on to the next place. But um, a lot of driving, which that was exciting. I, people asked me, that, that might have been the most fun part of the trip. A little scary at first. Uh, other side of the road, on the wrong side of the car, doing the uh, manual transmission with the other hand, you know, and... Uh, that was a bit of a challenge, a little frightening. Our, our very first, uh, uh, we drove down to a place called Cork, and so I had my first experience of big city driving and all of those things with streets that were just big enough for one car to fit through and everyone going 900 miles an hour. And uh, there was a whole lot of help me Jesuses at that moment. It was raining and hard to see, and it was a lot of things. But as the week went on, uh, he, he asked, do you want me to drive? Like, no, I'm driving. I've got this thing. So I... I enjoyed the trip. It was a lot of fun. And I did pick up some Irish phrases. So if you hear some Irish accent out of me this morning, actually, they thought I was Irish. I guess Southern accents and Irish somehow go together. But um, some people wondered if I was from Ireland and told them no. They knew Rich was from America, but they thought I was Irish. Um, But I've picked up a few Irish phrases. And uh, uh, it's funny, some of the things I've said turned out to be Pirish. I would say things like shiver me timbers, which is not Irish, but, but, you know, it just came out. Anyway, I've learned some Irish this week, but, um, um, you know, Ireland's a little bit of a different situation than the rest of Europe. And, um, and, and actually because of that, the Lord has given Rich and Daphne a little bit of a different assignment in Ireland and in the UK. And, um, you know, the, most of, of Europe has follows that 1% rule. So 1% of the population is actually born again. Uh, born-again uh, folks, not necessarily spirit-filled, just born again. And so in a room like this, we would have, you know, maybe one and a half people would, t- would stand or one and three-quarters people out of all of this, our room here this morning, just a very few number actually know Jesus and are on their way to heaven. So everywhere you go, just the, the magnitude of, of how many people there are and the need there is um, uh, in, the, in these areas is just, it's just huge. And and so, you know, uh, when you go into these places, they're, they're post-Christian uh, nations. All of them are post-Christian nations where they've, the light of the gospel at one point has really shined very brightly, and then now they've rejected that, and they've moved on. And, 
And so it's a different feel than when you go to a place like Africa. I actually, in Africa now, there are more born-again, spirit-filled believers in Africa than there is in the United States. There's more born-again, spirit-filled believers in Africa, I think, than any other place in the nation other than maybe Brazil. Brazil is having massive revivals happening in Brazil and South Korea. Uh, massive revivals happening there. There's more churches opening in Brazil right now than anywhere on the planet. This just exploding in Brazil. Uh, but, you know, Africa, they're very open to the gospel. There are a lot of believers there. The problem is in Africa, they're open to witchcraft and all other kinds of things. And so it's a, it's, it's a very dark continent spiritually. But at the same point, there's that ease of the gospel that's there uh, because people are open and people are contending for the faith there. And so uh, when, we're, when we go on the trips to Africa, you know, you, it, there's an ease in ministry there that when you just don't, you just don't have it in Europe. Um, it's, it's, um, I think pastor had mentioned last week, it said something or the week before that ministering in Europe is, is not like Africa. You don't have big crusades and you're not even, a lot of times you're not even sowing. You're not reaping a whole lot. You're not sowing much. You're just trying to get the ground where it's not so hardened, you know, and it's just a lot of prep. Well, um, this trip, you know, was a little different. Uh, they're, they're transitioning in kind of their ministry of how they're doing some things. You know, they've been in, in uh, Spain now for 10 years, and so they've started the church in Spain. He's visited and started works attempting to, to get the ground softened in about uh, 10 to 12 cities in Europe. And uh, that's, that's a lot of work to do that when, when there's just nothing there. And so they're at a place now where they're getting ready to move into a different phase of ministry and things to change. You know, I've often told him, I said, you know, uh, what the Lord has asked him to do is kind of a daunting task, you know, because you go in these places, you don't know anybody. And specifically the Lord has put cities on his heart where there is no churches in Paris. For instance, there are churches in Paris, spiritual churches, uh, Christian churches in Paris, but then in certain districts of Paris, there are none. So the Lord's called him to the 13th R in Paris, which is heavily Muslim, and there's no churches there. Uh, but then other cities like Livorno, there's nothing going on. Mons, Belgium, there's nothing happening there. So those are the cities that the Lord has laid on their heart to go to, the places that have been largely ignored. And these are not small cities. These are large cities. Mons, Belgium has 350,000 people, and there's not a single church in town. And there's a couple Catholic churches that are museums, and that's it. And uh, there's no gospel churches there. There's nothing happening. And so uh, they've been working in these different areas and obeying the Lord as he's led them to different places. And many of these uh, places are ready for a church to be planted. Well, they're two people. They pastor a church in Burgos, Spain. Um, so they're needing, they're needing help. They're needing some people, but they want the right people. Um, they've made great contacts in these places where they can, uh, uh, people that they can begin to work with there, but they're needing a lot to happen. So uh, the Lord's been dealing with them about the UK and Ireland specifically as a training ground uh, for the rest of Europe and to use Ireland and the UK as a place to have people come and learn how uh, the European mind works and how to reach Europeans and, and because you speak English there, so it makes it a lot easier. And um, and, and all of these times, these trips where they've gone these years, you know, the, the Lord has not allowed them to talk to pastors. If there's a pastor in a town, they, they don't spend any time with them. The Lord hasn't given them a release to do that. So they're going into areas where there's nobody. It's interesting, you know, last year I was in Rome. And uh, there, there are some churches in Rome. Actually, there was a, a Rhema that was in Rome, a Rhema uh, uh, school that was in Rome. Of course, it is since shut down. Um, but the church is there. We went into one, one place. There was a, a, some Christians there, a Christian bookstore, asking, you know, what's going on? Just, just wanted to see. They were so competitive. They actually told us, we don't want Americans here. 
We don't want Americans here trying to start churches because basically there's not enough of them. And if you start a church, they're afraid you're going to steal their people and their people will go to your church and not go to their church. And so they don't even want people to show up. That has to change. And so a lot of the work that they're going on, not that Rich and Daphne want to start a church and steal people's other churches' people, but that attitude that we don't want any help. And, and don't come here and help us. And, and when you talk to them, there's no real, no, no vision for outreach because it's been so difficult for them. It's just kind of survival. And so it's a daunting task there. But in Ireland, it's a little different. So these trips in the past, the Lord has not allowed them to talk to a lot of pastors, which has been good. It's, 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 it would have been a lot of problems had they done that. But where Ireland and the UK are concerned, the Lord has actually led them to start connecting to pastors who are there. And the reason when we got there, the reason is Ireland is very different. I didn't go to the, well, it was in the UK and Northern Ireland, but uh, the UK and Ireland are very different. Uh, they're very much divided. Uh, it's, a, it's a divided society. But at the same point, the gospel is a part of who they are. Christianity is a part of who they are. There, there's not a lot more saved people there. It's maybe 2%. But they're not to the point where religion is ridiculous and religion is we've done that. They, they identify as Catholic or as Protestant, whether they have a relationship with Jesus or not, the nation identifies with that. And you can tell when you get there, there's an openness to the gospel that is just not there in, 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 in the rest of Europe. It's, it's, I'd said to somebody once before, when we went to Switzerland, it's probably the prettiest place I've ever seen, but I could not wait to get out of there because when you were ministering, just that just oppressive spirit about the place was just overwhelming. Like, get me out of here. And the moment the ministry side of the trip ended and I was now headed home and I could just look at stuff and enjoy things, suddenly I love Switzerland. But while we were there ministering, get me out of this place. It was like getting beat up every single day. So we got to Ireland and uh, it's a, it was a little different. You know, obviously the, uh, he said it would, you'll, you'll sense this is a different place. And there was more of a freedom um, to minister, more of a freedom to, to share the gospel. And, and there was that release to talk to pastors. And so when we went on this trip, the Lord, uh, real specifically, uh, has not given him a specific city in Ireland, but he's given him the whole nation of Ireland, which is kind of an odd uh, thing. He was, the whole nation of Ireland, all of the UK is on their heart as a whole, which is odd for them because it's usually specific cities. And, um, and so Rich has been, he's gone over there a few times, Rich and Daphne have been over there a few times, and um, there is a remnant of the church that's there that are actively believing God for a revival. They're, they're, they're there and they're really believing God to move in their nation, in their land, and so he's connecting with these pastors. And so when we went on the trip, uh, the only hotel I had booked for the whole, the whole trip, the only place we know we were going to stay was the last night when I had to catch a flight and leave and get up at 2.30 in the morning, out of my room at 3.15 in the morning. That's the only hotel I booked to catch my flight home. So we weren't sure where we were going to go. We knew we'd certain cities we'd probably end up in, but how we got there, what we did, we didn't know. We're just going to trust God to lead us as we went. And so we believe in God for divine connections that would be important for their ministry. Uh, there were some things that the Lord had laid on my heart uh, to do with Rich that, that I think, um, and things that we've talked about in years past that uh, will be a help for them as they, they move into what God has for them now. We did a lot of practicing some different things, and um, we'll talk about some of that. But um, we got there and, and landed in Dublin. It's interesting, from the very beginning, we thought when we got there, we would leave and straight uh, from Dublin, which is on the, the, the coast, eastern coast, midway of the, of the country, which Ireland is about, uh, Florida is twice the size of Ireland, so it's really small. You can drive the whole thing pretty quickly. So we were in Dublin. We drove down a couple hours. Our plan was to drive to Cork in the south, southern tip of the island, and the Lord told us, don't go. Just wait. 
you know, the Lord doesn't always tell you all the reasons why, and, and you want to debate. Well, but we had a plan. We're going to go to Cork and start in Cork. He said, don't leave Dublin, just wait. And so we waited a day in Dublin, and it was an opportunity kind of for me to catch my bearing a little bit, and we, we, we did a couple things, contacted a few people in Dublin, but there was nothing really major that happened there. Uh, but the Lord led us to go to, to, uh, to Cork, and so we, we left the, the following day and went down to Cork, and Pastor talked about this minister. Now, as we're driving down, uh, I got on the phone and just looked at churches in Cork because the Lord had told us to connect with pastors. So let's see what churches are in Cork. So we're thumbing through the different, Catholic, mostly Catholic churches, you know, Protestant churches, Catholic churches, you know, we're looking through and there's a few churches that you couldn't tell by the name what they were. And there's just one that just stood out to me. It was New Life Church, just stood out to me. And so we got on their website, didn't have a phone number. Uh, we knew who the pastor, what his name was, but didn't give any information about him. We tried to call. There was no recording. It just rang and rang and rang. Nothing picked it up. We couldn't even find an address for the place. We had to Google map it to find an ad- address, which they had forgotten to put it on their website. That's not good. But anyway, so we found it. We got there and, and uh, the place is closed up. There's nobody there. It looks like it's an abandoned church almost. It's in an industrial area. And like, is anything happening? Did they get shut down during COVID? So we decided to send him a message on their website, just a, you know, message the office. Well, he ended up responding to us. And so we set up to meet him the next day. Come to find out he was a Rama grad, the one I mentioned a minute ago. He's from Kansas City. He's a Rama grad, an 86 Rama grad, had been living in Cork, Dublin, or Cork, Ireland for 20 years. And, um, he said, and he said he'd given his life to this. He was in his probably late fifties, early sixties. And, and, uh, this was, this was his life. This is where the Lord called him to be. And, uh, it was so interesting because there are things he said that when he first got there, uh, the first 10 years that they were there, um, uh, the, the other churches in Ireland shunned him. All the other pastors shunned him. No one had wanted anything to do with him because he was a Rama grad and connected to Kenneth Hagin. Somebody had written an article, you know, bad about Kenneth Hagin. And so he said it was really hard. And so for the last 10 years have been better, but just been, been tough. And so there were things that he had been talking to the Lord about that he needed and wanted to see happen. And we had exactly those things for him. He was believing God to get a connection with the Dufresne's because he's been following them online. We know the Dufresne's. I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, I mean, this person and that person, that's how he recognized me because he saw, he's watched my dad in the mornings, uh, which is their afternoons and evenings there. He's watched pastor minister at the Dufresne meetings. And so that's why he recognized me. So, you know, we're putting them in connection with Morgan and with the church. And those are things that he's been believing God for years to have some sort of a, you know, some sort of a real connection there. So thank God for that. And, um, this is a man that, uh, since, since we've left, he's already contacted Rich about wanting to come to Spain, wanting to help him. If there's anything he wants to do in, in Ireland or in Cork, we're here for you. So that is a, right off the bat, God was setting things up. Well, while we were there and I got to go fast, but while we were there, he told us, by the way, there's an RMA, RMAI meeting happening. Uh, tomorrow there's going to be one in Dublin. The day after they'll have one in Belfast and that night in Derry, which is either Derry or Londonderry, depending if you're Catholic or Protestant, you call it a different name. And uh, so we felt impressed. We needed to go to Belfast. So that's at the very top of the country. So we got in the car and we drove to Belfast. And um, so we got there and we were a day early before the meetings were going to be the next morning. So the Lord told us, led us to take a tour of the peace walls. Like I said, every day you'd get up and we'd spend time praying. We did a lot of praying throughout the trip. And so we would get up and, all right, let's head out. And we'd have a sense of which direction to go, who to call, what to do with the Lord. Uh, impressed us to take the tour of their peace walls, which is like their version of the Berlin Wall. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But that ended up being a really, really neat ministry opportunity at the end uh, uh, there for this particular guy. And um, so anyway, that was cool. And then we, we went to the, uh, the RMAI meeting. And uh, we've got the picture of 
that. It's the one with all the people, Kelsey. You can put that up. Uh, it's uh, number four. So this was the RMAI meeting uh, we had, and these are all ministers from different parts of uh, Ireland, mostly in the Belfast area or, or the uh, London Dairy uh, London Dairy area of, of, of Ireland. One of the things that Rich has been believing God for, he wants to get into these churches where revival has happened and churches that are contending for revival. Well, at this meeting, guess who was there? There were people that are on staff or ministers of the church that Peter defends. Parents have reopened in Smith Wigglesworth's home church, right? So they're, they're, they're related to Smith Wigglesworth. Peter Defend is, and so his parents have left South Africa and gone back and reopened that church, and they're actively believing God for a revival. And so in this meeting, we're pastors, or they're on staff with him at this meeting, which he's actually meeting with them either today or the next couple days in in the UK. He's meeting with the pastors there, which is Peter Defend's mom and dad's. Anyway, uh, so they were in the meetings. It was just God was orchestrating the whole thing everywhere we went. And, um, so that was, that was great. And a lot of connections that are there. We've already been in contact with several of the ministers that are there that have offered to help, uh, Rich and Daphne, anything they want to do in Ireland, the UK or in Spain, they're offering even to send people over to Spain to help them. So God is uh, arranging connections for them. So we went around different places and I'll just give you a, a couple cool testimonies of, of some things that happened. Uh, ministered to a lot of different people. From that point, we left, uh, uh, Belfast and we drove to Ardara and uh, Bellina and Galway. And so as each place we would go, we would just, all right, Lord, this is a city you told us to go to. What do we do? And uh, one of the mornings that uh, we had gotten up, uh, this was in uh, Bellina. We got up in the morning and, and we did some praying. And so um, I felt like we need to go out and, and just walk a little bit. So we started walking and we passed a restaurant that had a menu on the board and it wasn't lunchtime yet, um, but it just kind of got our attention. So we stopped and we're looking at the menu board wondering what are we doing here? Like, cause we're not hungry, you know? And, and so we're looking at the board. So we left and the Lord told us to go back to the menu board or go back to that restaurant. So we walk back to the restaurant and we're standing there and these two girls walk up. And so we're, you know, well, maybe we're supposed to eat here. We didn't really know what was going on. So we're looking at the board and I don't understand what any of this stuff is. And so I asked one of the girls, I said, what's good here? And they responded, we don't know, but they had heavy Spanish accents. So Rich said, you, you, you have a Spanish accent. Where are you from? They were from Burgos, Spain. So he, he met these two girls that were, were serving, had a job for an au pair for six months in this little tiny town in Ireland that are from Burgos, Spain. So we got to, to talk with them for a bit. So that was good. So we'll see what happens there. So we left that restaurant and we walked, we walked a little ways and we talked to the different people, went in different spots and the Lord told us to go back to that restaurant. So we went back and, and, uh, when we got in there, one of the, uh, the ladies working there had really had our attention, something's up. And so we started trying to start a conversation with her. She was from Poland. Her and her husband were from Poland and there's a small Polish community, about 50 people that she knew of in this town. And, um, so we're trying to talk to her, you know, we're told we're pastors. I'm from America. He's from Spain. And, and, um, uh, uh, she said, she, he said, you know, do you go to church or do people go to church or go to, you know, involved? She said, no, that's for old people. That's not for, we don't do that, you know, and uh, so that's for older people, not us. Come to find out she went to mass every Sunday morning, but she didn't want to admit it because it's for old people. But anyway, uh, but her husband wouldn't darken the doors of the Catholic church at all. Now she wasn't born again, but she went to mass every Sunday. And so we tried to, you know, she was working and busy. And so, you know, we were like, okay, we're kind of done. She really wasn't, wasn't wanting to hear a whole lot of what we had to say. So we left and the Lord told us to go down a certain sidewalk. We felt like we should go over here, which was out of the main area and walk down a back alleyway, a back street side. And so we're walking along and we look down on the ground. You can put the picture up. That's uh, number six. 
we're, we're in, of course you see my wrinkly hand, but we're in uh, this small town in, in, in Ireland and on the ground, there's a Polish coin on the ground, sitting there on the ground. And so that morning in prayer, the Lord told us, be, be prepared to do something you would never do in ways you would never do it. And so, so we saw this Polish coin and we knew immediately Catholics eat this stuff up. I mean, you know, this is a sign from God. We found this coin. Now, I don't know. I don't know how we got there. I have no idea. It could very well have been an angel left that for us to find. So we picked it up. We, we went back. We had a book for her. We knew which book we needed to give her. We went back and she had left since we had left and for some reason had to come back to work. And so I'm standing outside. Rich went inside to do something. I'm standing outside. Here she comes. And I said, you are not going to believe this. And so she said, what? And I held the coin up and she said, oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I said, no, we found this on the sidewalk after we left here. And we knew this meant God, we had something for you. She said, oh yes, it's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. And so she wanted, she said, so what are you doing? He said in all of these years of 10 years in Europe, he's never had someone react in that way. We got to minister the gospel to her and had a word of knowledge. There's something wrong with your back. She said, I do have something wrong with the back. Prayed for her, God healed her back. And then she's like, she said, listen, she said she was leaving in the morning for Poland. And she said, I, I, when, when she said, are you coming back? And I said, I don't know. But Rich said he would definitely be back. She said, you come back here. You find me. I'll be at this restaurant. You come back here. You find me. I'll introduce you to my family. And, and that just never happens where they're asking you to please come back. So God set that up. We had several opportunities and things, uh, uh, experiences like that where you go someplace and you'd have a word of knowledge that somebody's got this. And you would see when a person was closed off, not really having time for you, suddenly they, they have all the time in the world, you know. And, uh, you know, I sense you got something wrong with your, is there something, is there a problem at home? And I had one, one girl ask us, are you, are you guys psychics or something? How did you know that? Because my, my family is nothing but problems. And I said, no, we're not psychics, you know, at all. This, but God cares about you. And so he tells us things about people. So got to pray with her and then you know, knew she had something else wrong with her. So she said, yeah, that's wrong. So we prayed for her, God healed her. So it was just an opportunity for God really to, to show himself strong. And so uh, for Rich and Daphne, you know, uh, it was it was a good training for both of us and training for them on, on some of these things. And so we're really believing God for uh, uh, great, uh, great things there in the future. So it was a blessed, a blessed week. Had a lot of those opportunities. Like I said, I think there were connections made that Rich described as there'll be ministry altering uh, connections we made on this trip. And so for their ministry going forward, that will change what they're doing entirely and really open up a lot of doors. So thank you for allowing me to go and, and, and sending us. And like I said, they said, thank you for, for allowing uh, me to be there and to work with them. You know, they're, they're doing a great work. We can't all go, but we can support those who are. And, and, uh, that's our, that's our, our goal and our heart's desire is to, uh, lift them up and help them, uh, do the things that the Lord's called them to do. I've had to ask, people ask me if I'd put pictures online. I don't use Facebook a whole lot, so I, I put one. Uh, we had two days where on our drive where we stopped for about an hour each place and, and kind of saw the sights, but that was about it. There really wasn't a lot of time for it, but um, uh, God was good, and, and so we, we had a great time. One of the things that was interesting to me, I told you we'd taken that trip or that tour of the wall, of the, the Peace Wall in Ireland. If you can put up number three, this was... Um, Actually, uh, this was the Peace Wall. Now, there are 12 walls throughout the city of Belfast. They're not connected, um, but there's different walls separating neighborhoods. And um, all of the walls, if you need to put 2B up, 
Most of the walls are covered in murals that go back to uh, the troubles and they are uh, monuments uh, to different people that lost their lives and people that were uh, a part of the, uh, all the turmoil that happened. If you've been alive a little while, you, you remember all the problems that happened in Ireland, the bombings that took place. And it was a lot of fighting between uh, the Catholics and the Protestants that went on. And so they, uh, which is the Republic of Ireland, which is predominantly Catholic, and then Northern Ireland, which is predominantly, well, it was, it, uh, Catholics have outbred the Protestants, but it was predominantly uh, Protestant at the time. And so when they separated, uh, it was all under British control, but when it was separated, two nations started, but as a result of, of, of the troubles. But there was all this fighting went on, so they put these walls up in the city uh, to keep neighborhoods separated. So on one side of a wall would be Catholic neighborhood, the other side of the wall would be a Protestant neighborhood. And there were just horrible things that happened. And, and depending on which side you were, what, 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 if you were a Catholic or a Protestant, or, or our country was tied to uh, England, so we're, I think, by, by default, my understanding of what happened there was more influenced by the, the, the English version, the Protestant version of what happened. And, you know, the IRA were terrorists, and they were blowing things up. Well, the, the Protestants, they had their own version of the IRA. It had a different name, and they were also blowing things up and attacking people. And, um, so we went, uh, we, he toured the site, like I said, at the end of it, we got to pray for this man. And in fact, he'd had another, uh, a guy that had been just working on him for years. And so that was actually a real, real opportunity for him. But you, it's been 25 years. Next year will be the 25th anniversary of the peace accords. And still to this day, you, you, these murals are up and you don't touch the murals. If you're a Catholic, you don't write on the Protestant side. If you're a Protestant side, you don't right on the Catholic side, they will kill you. At the, they, will, they will shoot you on the spot if it happens. And, and so in the midst of all of these years, they had these walls set up around the city, and at night they'd close the gates on the street so you couldn't travel from one neighborhood between, you know, during the night because that's when a lot of the violence was happening. And then on the weekends they would shut these gates between these walls for the whole weekend. 25 years later, the gates still close every night. Uh, the walls, most of them still close on the weekends. They're closed all weekend long. There's still that much tension uh, in the city of Belfast. And I didn't really see any police while we were there. Thank God, because my driving might have gotten me in trouble. But um, uh, we didn't see police while we were on the island. But in Belfast, they were everywhere. And all around the wall, there were people driving and monitoring everything that's going on. And so we were able to sign the peace wall uh, at the end. There's one area where it was illegal, but people obviously did it. You can go back to number three. And people obviously were signing. So we got to write some scriptures on there. And, and he said, in case, you know, they tear this wall down, you'll know you've signed it before it was torn down. There's a push to reunify uh, the two countries. And there are people on both sides that have vowed if that happens, there'll be bloodshed. There'll be war again. So it was interesting as we were there, uh, the Lord began to talk to me a little bit about uh, this, the, the problem of division. And, um, you know, this nation has been completely divided and all the things they went through were because of division. And, um, there's a, I have several different scriptures written down go to Matthew chapter 12. And, uh, you know, in Ireland, it was Catholics against Protestants, but it was really a political thing that the church got involved in and championed. And they blamed it on Catholics and Protestants, but it was really about British control and uh, the people of Ireland, Ireland having their freedom uh, from British control. And so uh, there's been all these problems there. And all these years, th- these scenes continue, and this spirit of division has completely wrecked their nation. And uh, this scripture in Matthew chapter 12, this was Jesus, an account of Jesus here in the 25th verse. 
they were, they were debating, you know, Jesus had been healing people and, and, and lives are being changed. And they said he was doing it by the, by the spirit of the devil, by Bezelbub, you know, and they were making these accusations. And in verse 25, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. He said, if Satan casts out Satan, so he is divided against, against himself. How will he, how then will his kingdom stand? And obviously the answer in this particular situation is they were uh, saying that Jesus was doing these works by the devil. He said, it can't, that's not possible because a house divided against itself can't stand. Well, when we were in Ireland, you know, you, you saw very clearly what division has done to a nation. It's completely changed the nation and it's made the gospel largely ineffective. Like, like I said earlier, Europe has a 1% uh, ratio of people who are born again. Ireland's maybe two. So, which thank God for that extra 1%, but that's still a really small percentage. Yet everyone identifies as either Catholic or Protestant. They're one or the other. That's who they are. But people don't really know Jesus there. What's the problem? Division has gotten in and caused major problems uh, there in the nation. And you know what? Division's trying to get in here in America as well. You know, when I was uh, there, the Lord really talked to me about um, the problem that, that's going on. Like I said, I, I'm not called to, to be it to live overseas and do missions. I'm called to here. Um, but, but the enemy knows very well that if division gets in, his plan will go forth. His plan will happen. His, he will be able to do what he wants to do. The reality is that the enemy doesn't matter what side people are on, just as long as they're not on each other's side. Obviously, he doesn't want people on God's side. But beyond that, he doesn't care what side you're on. He didn't care if you agree, if you don't agree, if, if you like this, if you don't like this. As long as there's fighting, that's all he cares about because that's where he thrives. All plans that are anti the kingdom of God are pro the, the kingdom of Satan. They're all going or his direction. He loves it. And so, you know, the, the, the problem in Ireland is they, they, what happened there that I believe what happened is the, the church that at one point was strong um, ended up getting involved and distracted in other things and division set in and they lost their effectiveness in their nation. And, you know, the enemy is trying to do the same thing here. He's trying to get involved and, and in churches and in the body of Christ and bring division in our own nation and in our own country. You know, uh, uh, something Brother Greer had said at one of the meetings um, he was talking about the Ukraine, the problems that are happening in the Ukraine. And he said in one of these meetings that um, he had asked the Lord, what about the Ukraine? Because so, much, so many in America were focusing on and talking about, and many churches were talking about Ukraine and pray for Ukraine, and we should pray for them. Uh, there are believers there that, that are going through things. There are things that are happening that shouldn't be happening. We ought to be led by the Spirit of God in our prayer. But a lot of attention was going there. And so, there, but something just wasn't right. And so Brother Randy asked the Lord, well, what's this deal? What, what's going on about Ukraine? You know, you're not saying anything to me about it. And he said, well, he said, I'm not really talking to the church as a whole in America about the Ukraine because they're not taking care of the church in America. He said, I don't have a whole lot to say to them because they're not even taking care of their own. And uh, it was kind of like, a, you know, that's true that, you know, uh, that, that, Darkness has begun to, to, to multiply and to grow in our own nation, in our own communities, at such a rate that the enemy wants to have us divided. A lot of times we think division, we think of fighting. And that's part of it, fighting and, and, and you know, warring with each other and getting offended and mad and all that stuff. Division really is, is separation from God's plan. It's pursuing another plan or another, another way of doing things outside of what God would have us to do. And so if, if the church will get on these other areas, you know, you think the enemy would suggest 
things for the church to be involved in? Absolutely. The church gets involved in things all the time that it shouldn't be involved in because that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be salt. We're called to be light. We're not called to be social activists or all these other things. That's not who we are. We're called to be carriers of the gospel and, and representatives of the king. And, um, you know, so the Lord has just talked to me a little bit about, about division in the church. Now, and it's not a political message. It's, it's a kingdom message. It's a kingdom uh, uh, perspective and uh, um, uh, focus in our lives to be, you know, America one day won't be here. And one day we'll all pass on. We, if the Lord tarries, and we won't be here either, you know, and, and things come and things go, things change. But, but the kingdom of God is eternal. And so being focused on the things of God and what he's called us to do is what is vital for us. And in the church as a whole, uh, there's, there, that's greatly missing. So, you know, I was, uh, was just, you know, talking to, to the Lord about this and I said, you know, what can we do as a small church? What is it, a small church in High Springs, Florida, what, what can we do? And uh, something that, that the Lord impressed upon me, he said, first of all, the idea that we're a small church isn't right. The idea that we're small, which we're, we're, we think of, of churches, big churches, these mega churches are out there. The reality is most churches in America and around the world are less than 100 people. So we're already an above average. We're a double the average size church uh, in the world and in America. But when we have the idea that what can we do as a small church and a, and a small group of communities in, in rural northwest Florida, what can we do? We're missing the, the reality of the power when people get into agreement. When people have a united cause and have a united uh, uh, purpose, that's why the enemy attacks areas, smaller areas and smaller churches and in and, and individual relationships. The enemy wants to bring division in all those places because it robs the power, right, that those relationships have. Jesus said that if, if two of you agree in, as to touching anything, it'll be done for them, right? He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And if two of you agree on anything, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. What is that? There is a power and agreement of just two. But if there can become division, yes, in fighting, or and I'm not saying we have a problem with fighting here, or even, or even priorities, but if there can become division in a, in a group, then, then where we get off course of what God is asking us to do or get another vision, then, then the enemy can then rob us of our ability to, to, in, or to, to exercise influence in the world. And the small groups have changed the world. The 120 in the upper room changed. We're here today because of them. Uh, you know, the Azusa Street revival was a very small group that met in Los Angeles. They changed the world. Even with Smith Wigglesworth, where Pastor Rich is today, Brother Rich is today or tomorrow, um, they changed a small group in a, in a small area in, in, uh, in England, changed the world, and they have influenced us. Well, you know, God wants to use uh, us as a church, as Impact Family Church, to have an influence on our nation, but have an influence on our state and have an influence on our town and our community. He wants us. That's what we've been called to do. That's our, that's, that's our, that's our vision. Our vision of a church is to rise and stand on your feet because he's appeared to us for this purpose to make us a minister and a witness of the things he's seen and the things he'll yet reveal, right? And to turn men's eyes from darkness of light. They may receive an inheritance. That's what he's called us to do. Well, that's a kingdom mission that we have. And, um, you know, division wants to get in and get other priorities. And so I said, well, you know, Lord, what, what do we do about that? Well, we have to recognize, we have to start right where we are. And really the Lord talked to me a lot about recognizing who we are as individuals and who we are as a body, as a local body. Now the, the body of Christ as a whole, you and I really can't even put our hands on that. We really can't even comprehend what that is or how that works. 
But every part is vital to one another. And if every part is doing its share, we know the scriptures talk about that amongst the gifts in the body. Every part doing its share causes growth of the body in, in Ephesians chapter 4. But in each, every local body doing its share causes growth and health of the universal body. You know, one of the things pastors talked a lot about is the honor it is to be a part of the church. The ecclesia. And that you're being called together, summoned together by God. And that summoning that we have is a great honor. It was based upon that, that, that word was on the Greek form of, of how they, the Greek form of how they did government, uh, the ecclesia. That was a Greek thing, right? And they used it in Rome as well. Yeah. And so they would, they would call these groups together called the ecclesia. And it was a great honor to be a part of that. We have to recognize being a part of the body of Christ, but also the local body, if this is where the Lord has called you, is a great honor. And, and, and how we approach things is, is shows whether or not we're allowing division in or not a division of purpose, but also a division and alteration of the care and the importance that we see. If we don't value our local church or the body of Christ, the division is getting involved. Anytime division happens, the enemy has access. Division can start small or division can be a small thing and access can be small, but that, that opportunity, just like God moving in a great way, the enemy can get involved through division and things can end up happening. You have in Ireland, or you have the things that we see happening in America or even in our own community. And you know, the problem isn't people. The Lord told me this, the problem isn't people. And the problem isn't the devil. The problem is the church. He said, the problem isn't, isn't the politicians in America. The problem isn't the media. The problem isn't other, other influence. The problem is the church. They've become divided. Yes, sometimes contention, but oftentimes more than not, just a division and purpose. Trying to do this, trying to do that. They all sound good, but are they what God is telling us to do? You know, and we think that one small thing is not a big deal. Uh, individual parts are very important. You know, when Amy and I got married, I've told this story before, it's been a long time, but when Amy and I first got married, we lived on 235A, right? 235A. And uh, we had a, a mobile home that we lived in. It was, it was very modest. I'm being nice. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a hot mess, to be honest with you. And uh, it was in the heavy woods, and, you know, we didn't care. We, we were just enjoying being married, and, and, you know, we were, you know, didn't have any kids yet, and we were just serving before we went to Raymond. So, you know, we got there, and we inherited a cat. Our previous owner of the place had a cat. We called, we had a lot of names for the cat. Uh, that I dare not mention, but one was Cyclops Kitty. He was just this weird cat. And so he, you know, we tried to run it off, not feed it, ignore it, thinking it would leave. It wouldn't leave. So, okay, we've become its mom and dad. So we started feeding this cat. The problem is the cat didn't care about what else went on. The cat would allow possums to come up and raccoons to come up on the porch. And, and I'm like, you were, we're newly married, you know, new in, in life. And, and we're feeding this dumb cat. That's not our cat. And, and he's feeding the neighborhood, all the, all the wild animals. And so we're getting aggravated. So and Luke, just don't listen right now. So um, <laughs> this, this possum was coming up on a repeated basis. I don't know if this is illegal or not, but, but Luke's not listening and you won't tell on me. So um, this possum comes up and he's eating the, the, the food and the cat's sitting right next to it. And so I had this bright idea. I'm going to send this possum and all of his possum friends, I'm going to send him a message that you can't get on this porch. And so I had a plan. I turned the lights on. The possum didn't budge. I jumped out on the porch and I was, I planned to give this possum a good football punt into the woods and he could tell all of his friends stay away as he's flying, you know? And so I jumped out on the porch and I, and I, and I got the, the possum lined up and I reared back. I don't, I don't know if this is right or not. He's, he's giving me the, 
it's been 26 years ago. So the statute of limitations has passed. But anyway, so like I, I kicked this, I, I kicked it with everything I got. I was going to send this possum flying. I just didn't pay attention to the fact that the possum had backed up against the corner post of the porch. I'm shoeless. I am, I am, I am literally giving it everything I have. I have to impress my new wife at how far this possum will, you married the right man. I can send this possum to meet Jesus. And and unfortunately I did because I hit him so hard. I could feel him crunch underneath me. And, but, but I wasn't worried about that. All of my attention was on my toe, my, my specifically my little toe that, that I had absolutely destroyed in this punt, you know? And you might think the little toe is no big deal. I can tell you at that moment, nothing else about Greg Anderson mattered. Nothing mattered about what his wife thought about him. I didn't care about the possum writhing on the ground, on the porch. I didn't care about anything. Everything was about this toe, right? Everything I did was about this toe. What's your point? Something small has a huge impact on the overall body, right? So what can we do as a church? You know, I'm I'm called to be here. What can we do as a church? We can champion the vision that God has given us. That's the part. We can't be everything that, that, that God has called the church as a whole to do. We can be who God has called Impact Family Church to be. And then also we can pray for the body of Christ. We can pray for the body of Christ. We, we read the scripture in, uh, in Timothy, go with me to, um, uh, to, uh, to first Timothy chapter two. We, we read this and, and you all know this scripture. I just want to encourage you this morning because the Lord dealt with me about this, that we've, we've got to get serious about doing this. Um, it says here in, in first Timothy chapter two, it says, pray for all men is the heading. It says, therefore I exhort, exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life and all godliness and reverence. Of course, you know, it's God's will that all one, all men, uh, uh, come to the knowledge of the truth, be born again. So he's given us instruction to pray for those. And we read that as kings and all of those who are in authority. We have a, we have a, and we have to do that. We have to do that. If we're not praying for our leaders, then there is no power being made available. The Bible says in James, the heartfelt, fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much and makes tremendous power available. It's not the, it's not the complaints of righteous people. It's not the thoughts of righteous people. It's the prayers of righteous people, the heartfelt prayers of righteous people. We have prayer for the nation tonight at 530. If you don't normally come, come on out and we're going to pray for the nation. But so we should be doing those things. But what about leaders in the body of Christ? What about people of influence in the body of Christ? I think it's amplified says people in positions of authority, people in positions of influence. You know, when we're in, in, in Europe, we've had that, we've run into everywhere we went. We try to talk to someone who belonged to another church. There was competition. Those are our church people. We don't want people, people. We've had them tell us, we don't want Americans here. We don't want missionaries here. We, we've got this. Well, apparently you don't. You're at 1%. You're not doing a good job. You know, you need some help. Um, and, and, but we need help here. But a lot of times there's competition even in the body of Christ. We're not called to do what other people are called to do, but we're, we're, we have a specific call for us. And we have to do that. But them doing their call is right. It's the thing that they need to do. And we need to lift up the church, the body of Christ, other churches, other ministries, people in positions of influence. Brother Hagen, single-handedly, I believe, prayed and diverted a lot of things that the enemy tried to do in our country. 
He was in such a place, his relationship with God. You hear his testimony, the books, things he's written about, the things the Lord showed him in the spirit, the, the big black frog thing coming up out of the ocean on the East Coast. You know, He prayed those things and kept th- those things at bay. So do you think individual leaders and voices in the church are important? They're massively important. They're huge. And without those voices, you can't, you know, you can't have, no, everyone can't lead. Everyone can't lead. There has to be leaders in a local church. There has to be leaders in ministries. You have to have leaders in organizations, but you also have voices that are sent to the church body at whole. Randy Gurr has a voice to the church. He has a voice to the church. And there's other men and women out there who are anointed by God that have voices, not just on a local level, but they have voices that are on a broader level. Our own pastor has a voice that even goes beyond Impact Family Church. Well, these voices need opportunities. They need, they need platforms. They need our prayers. Listen, you know, I go and I help Rich because Rich and Daphne are called to go to Europe and go to these different places. And I thank God he didn't ask me to do it because the, the sheer keeping up with that many places and what do you do, he's burdened by this. He, I mean, he's burdened by, by Bellina and by Moans and all these places because God has called him to go to those places. He hadn't asked me to do that. He's asked us to send him, so we go. And he's asked me to go to be a help, and I'll do that. We go to Africa. We do those things. That's wonderful. He's called us here to High Springs, to Alachua, to Gainesville, to North Central Florida. That's, that, that's, that's where he's called us to be. But our voice, our reach goes way beyond this. Division has gotten a hold of the church in America. Division has entered into the church in America, but we can put a stop to it. We can take our place. It's not a political thing. It's in the spirit by having our priorities. And it affects politics. It affects all areas. But it starts with our adherence and our submission to the plan of God. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. That's his plans. That's his, that's his purposes. And that's his pursuits. That's, 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 that's. It's not just a plan and a purpose, but it's our daily pursuits in life. The daily pursuit of a church. And when those things get out of balance, then division gets in and the, and the plan of God is, 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 is hindered and the plan of the enemy is, is released. You know, we're in, Europe is in a place where people have to go in after the fact and bail them out. And to try to get in there and do things and try to help them out. You know, let's never let our nation, our state... But more importantly, our area, even, even our, we can have such an influence right where we are, such an influence. We, one of the towns, I got to stop. One of the towns we went to was Galway, not Galway, but Galway. And, um, I am Anyway, uh, that's my um, uh, proper Irish pronunciation of Galway. So we went to this town and, uh, they had at one time, they had a spirit, spirit and word church like ours, you know, that, that believed these things and, and, um, they had this church that was there. Well, come to find out the Dufresnes had ministered to there. It's been many years ago when Dr. Ed and Pastor Nancy were there. They had ministered there. And so we called, uh, we called, I called Morgan, talking to her about Pastor Barry, and called Morgan and said, you know, what about this? He's mentioned there was this church prior up there in Galway that he hadn't been able to contact. Well, come to find out they had shut the church down. And the, the, the people in the church and in the community, Galway's a small town, small area, um, uh, the people in the church and in the larger community had basically run off their pastors. Something, there was contention about something, and the church ended up folding. It was interesting, when we got to Galway, when we were praying for Galway, that town had rejected the light that was sent to it. 
that town specifically, we could tell when we got there, it was different than the rest of the place. We got there, it seemed confused. It seemed out of place. In prayer, it seemed like what is there's like things are just weird and not things are out of order here. Their things are just not right. Come to find out, they had run off the pastor. The church had then, in a power struggle, had shut down. And their 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 testimony, the light that was sent to that town, there was that's like that was the one church in this town, and and they rejected that church. And it was interesting as we were praying, everyone we met in that town that we ministered to were not people who were born in Galway. They were people who had moved to Galway from somewhere else. And so the Lord told us, and you can take this for what you want. You can judge it if you want to. But the Lord told us for this town to be reached, people from the outside will have to do it. For this town to be reached, someone from the outside, not a person from Galway, will have to start, restart this work and get this started here. Every person, the Lord, it almost got to be funny. No one we talked to was from Galway. Every person we ended up, the Lord led us to, were not born, had, never, had not been born there. It was a city of probably 150, 200,000 people, you know, not a small town, but, but bigger than us. But we didn't run into anybody. All point is, we, 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 we've been called to, to High Springs, to Alaska, to this area. God has called us to be here, but he's called us to have a greater voice even than beyond that. You know, I just want to encourage you. You know, these trips are, are great. I thank God for the opportunity that he sent, that he, he allows us to go and allows me to go to these things. But... It stirs me up for what God has called us to do here and the part that you play. You know, one of the things that I had a lot of stuff I was going to mention, you know, um, you have to recognize that, that, that you carry the plan of God in you. What, what, how do we put this into practice as individuals? You know that you, you have to know that you carry the plan of God in you. You have a part of the plan for this local body, but that's a part of then the greater body. You have a part to play. Every person has got to be in their place, and every person must be pursuing the common vision of the kingdom, of of the kingdom of God, and not our own vision. Not our own thing, not our own way of doing things, but what is the Lord wanting us to do? We we have to be uh, interested in this thing, and we have to understand what we're called to do. The church is not just an honor to be called to it, to be called here. It's a place of power. I mean, the, the, the ecclesia is where they made all the decisions of all the rules and all the laws that, that would be abided by the land. What we allow, heaven allows. What we refuse, heaven refuse, refuses, right? What we, what, we, what we put a stop to, what we stand up against, then, 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 then heaven has our backing on that. So is Impact Family Church important? Absolutely it's important. Our, our community and surrounding communities need us to be operating at the fullest of our potential and what God has called us to do. They desperately need us. They desperately need us to do this. The, the larger area desperately need to, needs us along with other churches that God has called together to be doing their part. And that God desperately needs those regions to join together for the state of Florida, for the United States, for the world. They need this. You have a part to play in it. You may be a, a little toe, you may be a little toe, you know, or on, or in the body, but it doesn't matter. You're part of the body. You're important. I'll take a little toe role in the body of Christ. I'll be the little toe. He call, I'll be the nail on the little toe. I'll be the little crazy hair on the toe, little toe in the body. Of Christ. I'll take whatever place he gives me. Recognize you have an important role in this and get into your place. Don't allow division in your life. If, if, if you're divided from the plan of God, what he has for you, get on board. Get on board what, what, what he's called you to do. If he's called you to this church, you've been called to be a part of this church. He's called you to pray. He's called you to use your faith. 
He's called you to do those things. And that's not a downer. There's no greater privilege than that. There's no greater honor than that. There's no, there's no better position to be in than one that, that gets to, to, to set forth and set out the, the will of God in the earth. You're called to do that. I'm called to do that. We're called to do that. That's amazing. Division in our own purpose privately. Choose this day who you'll serve. Get in line with what God's word says for you. Lay it all at the feet of Jesus. He's not going to hurt you. He's just going to bless you. Amen. You know, like I said, uh, it, it was while we were there, everywhere we went was another example of, of what division does in a nation, what division does in a people. And uh, God does not want us to go that path, does not want us to go that direction. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? I talked a lot longer than I thought I would. Sorry, Pastor. We were going to tag team possible this morning. and, and uh, I'm an Anderson. What, what, what can I say? I get it honestly. You know, while I was gone, I just um, continually, while we were praying, the Lord would bring it back to my attention, the role that we have to play as a church the role that we have to play, but the role that you have. If you're called here, God has a place for you. He's got things he wants to do in your life. There's things that he wants to use you for. You have an eternal connection to this planet and all the eight, we just passed over 8 billion. You have an eternal connection to these people. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We're thankful for all that you've done for us. We're thankful for Jesus. Lord, I'm grateful for the allowing me to go to, with, with Brother Rich over to, to Ireland. Father, it was a blessing. Lord, I believe we did a good thing. We did a lot of work. It be a help to their ministry. But I know it was a help to me as well. And so, Father, I'm thankful for that. Thankful for the things that you've shown me and things that Rich was able to impart into my life. And, Father, thank you for, for working in us. But, Father, I ask right now that you would bless this church in the name of Jesus. Father, we know that you've called us together. This is your, part of your ecclesia in High Springs, Florida. Part of your called out ones here in this area, in High Springs and Alachua and Gainesville area, Father, you have called us together. Lord, I ask that each person that you would hear, that you would allow them to see a picture, a glimpse of the place that you have for them, for the role that you have for them. Lord, help us to walk these things out. Father, the things you, at, you lay on our hearts to do as a, as a congregation, Father, we commit ourselves to be faithful to do what you've asked us to do. Father, we commit ourselves to be faithful, to respond to your direction, to respond to your leading. We, we, we commit ourselves to be faithful, to do the things that you ask us to do. Not try to be someone else, but be the people that you've called us to be. Father, to pray when you say pray, to go when you say to go, to speak when you say to speak, to stay when you say stay, to do what you say to do. Father, we make that commitment in ourselves. Father, we thank you for leading guiding and directing us, Father. Father, we just lift up Brother Ritz the rest of his time in the UK. Father, bless him, Lord, and he's got a few more days left. Bless him. Father, more, more divine uh, connections for him, given the things that he needs to fulfill your plan for his life, he and Daphne. Father, we thank you for revival in the, uh, in the land and the nation of Ireland, Northern Ireland, the UK. But Father, we thank you that you're moving in America, you're moving in our state, you're moving in our town. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.